Welcome to episode 36 of the Fan Engagement Pod, a chat with Cheltenham Town Media Manager Richard Joyce and Associate Director Murray Toms. Like many clubs of their size and level, they don't have teams of people working on communications and engagement. Richard works across the piece, whilst Murray provides support on a practical and strategic level. This interview provides a really good window into fan engagement and communication with fans at a club of their size, how important unpaid support from directors often is and how fan involvement in ownership impacts the culture. We also get a good idea of what it's been like during COVID and how it's been communicating with fans at a distance. Incidentally, Murray's day job as is as campaigns director at Crowdfunder, whilst Richard was formerly at Forest Green Rovers. Don't forget we've got loads of other episodes. Episode 3 of Baz Chat is now out. And we take a look at the known unknown of what happens after COVID and the return of fans to stadiums, whether brands will pull back, season ticket no-shows and why we both think that in rebuilding a commercially viable club, dialogue will matter more. The next episode, episode four, will be back to the regular date of the last Thursday of the month. Listen via the usual channels, search Fan Engagement Pod and join the Fan Engagement Network at faninsights.co.uk forward slash network forward slash join. Don't forget, as a listener to the Fan Engagement Pod, we would love you to just take a couple of minutes of your day to fill in the quick survey. Please head to tinyurl.com forward slash fan engagement pod. That's tinyurl.com forward slash fan engagement pod. Cheltenham, um, Cheltenham. This is Murray and Richard. Cheltenham's one of those clubs that, um, in one sense, right for me, um, from where I've come from as a fan, is one of those clubs. Sometimes I look at it and go, "What are they doing there? That they're not a league club, are they?" And then on another hand, I go, "Oh yeah, they've been a league club for years. You know, it's just you've just kind of been around for a long time at at, uh, at sort of League Two. I think you've occasionally been in League One kind of level." Um, what what's the what's it like? I'll ask Richard first. Um, what's it like being at a club like Cheltenham, who you know it's you you know you've been a league club for quite a long time. It's not this isn't the, the you know you're you're you remind me a lot of 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 a lot of clubs that are that are you know really you know you're putting on matches every week. You're trying to engage with your fans. It, how is it? Just give us a sort of Give us a sort of helicopter view of what it's like for you working in a club um, at yeah, the level Ch- you're at. Cheltenham have been a league club for, for two decades, um, but there are still people at Cheltenham who still feel that it hasn't got out of its non-league roots, which is incredible because when I have always seen Cheltenham as a club growing up, having been involved with other clubs in, in Gloucestershire and so on, Cheltenham has always been the football league club, the club that gets 3,000 fans a week, um, that has the big sort of the big draw for Gloucestershire football. Um, obviously, Gloucester is not a massive footballing county, but Cheltenham has always been the big club in Gloucester for football. And um, it is strange how some people at the club still see that the club hasn't necessarily stepped out of that sort of non-league history it's got. And maybe to a degree that that is is true in many ways. It's still a very similar stadium, although there have been adaptations over the years. Um, there's still that sort of honesty about it. The people that run the club 
Um, the, the fans are very, still very much involved. They're, they're those fans that are very much up close to the pitch. There's still that real natural feeling that even though it's been in the same league as Leeds and Nottingham Forest, you know, similarly, it has that still that those non-league groups. So it is interesting how people still perceive that because really 20 years is a long time for a football club to be in the football league and a, and a large part of Chatham's history. But there is still that sort of non-league aspect, which is supposed, I suppose, in a way a negative, but also a positive in terms of how it sort of feels very connected with the fans as well. Yeah, I was going to say the thing for me is with um, with some clubs that have been big names in non-league football is um, if you do it right, then you retain some of that um, some of that sort of culture and feeling. I could, I all often reflect on my own experience as a fan, and we, you know, obviously we've done two two periods as not as a non-league club in a, in the two different guises we've existed in um and and i like the fact that we have that i like the fact that we had that feeling about ourselves when we were in the league the first time round and then the second time round i like the fact that we've almost gone and rerouted ourselves again so personally i think sometimes there's an argument that gets made about football clubs being oh it's a bit amateurish isn't it it's a bit it's a bit non-league well yeah, but if you're talking about doing things in a more professional manner, well, partly that's about resources anyway, but, you know, that can end up leading you. I've seen it leading to people spending an absolute fortune on things they don't need. Mm. Um, and and actually, if you if you use it in the right way, it can be a real positive thing for you, can't it? And you say the kind of sense that everyone is, yeah, literally because of the ground, but also metaphorically, everyone's kind of much closer, aren't they? I think it's an honesty, really. And there's no point portraying this image, maybe sometimes. Yes, of course, it's always important to portray a real professionalism and a real sort of like gui- guidance in terms of the way you're going as a club. But there's also an honesty you have to have with the fans that this is our resources. This is what we are. So come on the journey with us. Don't just go thinking that we're some big sort of Premier League club that now we've got social media and we've got this digital strategy that you are not, not a part of this with us. The fans have to be with us. They have to realise that we have limitations in terms of off the field, on the field as well. We haven't got a huge budget. And I think if you're honest with fans with that and they understand it, then you're going to be one big group together moving forward as opposed to different factions mm-hmm. with people having different ideas of where the club should be and what it should be achieving. And Murray, you've you've um you've been on the board in some form, albeit these days as an associate director. Um, and you, how long has it you've been around in and about? Because you came through the originally the, it was the Robbins Trust and Supporters Trust, and then you've you've gone you're now on the board as as a as a as a non as a um as an associate director, and obviously you're working very closely with Richard, which we'll go into a bit more. Um, how, how long? How long has it you been involved in some form at, at, at board level? Uh, well, I originally sort of uh, started helping out the club in two thousand and three, just after you'd been relegated um, out of League One. I sort of offered my services at, to and, and and tried to support them in some sort of way on the media and comm side, um, and I continue to do that to this day. And in 2016, I sort of got more involved with the Supporters Trust, the Robbins Trust, um, and become FED. And did that for about a year and then stepped aside, stepped away for a couple of months and then and, and then sort of was, had the opportunity to return as an associate director, which I guess leaves me with one foot on the board and one foot in the in the office with Rich and the, and, and the, the rest of the team. Um, 
yeah, and that's been my involvement for, for okay. since then. And that, and, and in terms of the way the club is set up, you know, because it's always interesting to look at all the sorts of different clubs that are out there and, you know, so you can reflect then on, it's quite interesting to then see how they engage with fans and why. And um, having, there's, there's obviously the, cha the challenge of resources is something that impacts on what you can do. But also the way that you're set up, um, well, where you've come from being a non-league club and still having, you know, that sort of, to some extent, mindset, also the resources of being a non-league club of your size. And then also what you've done is in you've, you've sort of, you know, the, the position of fans has been to some degree integrated into the actual overall operation of the club. So you haven't just gone into league football and remained owned by a couple of people. And, it, you know, there is a plurality, if you like. There's There's lots of other voices in there. It's not you know, it's not hard to get to the decision-making centre, is it? It's it, it's a, it's a. I think as Richard kind of said, it's a bit of a collective effort there. Is that right? Is it? Yeah, is no, it... I think so. I think, absolutely. I think the makeup of the board is that, that you know, that, that on the whole, there are people that have been involved with the club, some, some for decades, uh, you know, maybe sort of almost half the board have progressed from the terraces onto the board now. Um, and, and, and those people, they're, they're all including uh, Paul Baker, the, the sort of the, the former chairman, now sort of still remains one of the owners. Everybody is pretty accessible. Um, so, so, so supporters can, can approach everybody and, and, and sort of have a sort of stake in what's going on at the club. Um, in a way, that sort of presents a little bit of a challenge to, to our supporters group because they need to sort of try and work out what their role is in that because, you know, the, the, that we're not run by sort of seven or eight businessmen who aren't located in the town you know that everybody there's a there's a real sense of community at the club um and and you know sorry go on so you're so, you, the, the, so, so just so people are clear so the supporters trust retains a position on the board acquired a, acquired a part share in the football club didn't it or you know a, a, yep. a reasonably a reasonably substantial amount of the shares some time back um that now that when it comes to engagement, people might be sort of a bit surprised to hear me say it. That I find sometimes um, when organisations like that take a, a big chunk of ownership, that they can then, and I think you hinted at some, sometimes find it then not necessarily a crisis of a vision, a mission, or purpose, but sometimes maybe struggle to adapt to being bored and trying to be on, you know reflecting what the fan base is thinking because the responsibilities are different you're taking on a role which is you are director of a company number one um and you have responsibilities obviously in that area but it's quite difficult or had been quite difficult historically for for support for some supporters trust to make to, to then connect what that actually meant when it come came to running a football club you know so what's the difference between one where it's got some fan ownership in it, and um, and 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 in fact, in some cases, what's what's the difference sometimes between a fan-owned club and, and a privately-owned club? Because you know some struggle to make that transition, um, and that is is is. Do you think sometimes that if you look around, that it can be it can be a challenge for them sitting on the board, trying to. Uh, you know, undertake a really important role and then trying to then connect with the wider fan base because they're two different things in many ways, aren't they? Especially when I think, as I understand, the director you've got, the director the supporters just got is actually the finance director as well. Is that correct? 
yes, that, that that's almost correct. That's, yeah, cool. um, so 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 in in I can't remember the exact date, but around five years ago, yeah. So so the trust's been going since about two thousand and uh, four or five, I believe, and um, kind of has plugged away almost for, for for you know for sort of 10 11 years and then and then sort of out of the blue um one of the members left his estate to the trust um which took everybody by surprise and 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 the sort of the the donation of around a couple of hundred thousand pounds enabled the trust to, to take a seat on our board which uh so, so you know that that required a, re a really really quick change of mindset by the by the people involved um and we elected our first fan elected director um that year and and joined and and remains now as as solely as our financial director i followed that FED into the role for about a year and then I stepped aside and now we've got a third FED um, at board level uh, and I think it has become a real sort of head scratcher I think for the for the trust they, they have really struggled I think to, to to sort of engage with supporters I think the membership has dropped I think that the sort of visibility of the trust has dropped and I think there's some there are other groups around now in the fan base that have a lot more energy and, and maybe sort of to an extent, represent uh, more of the fan base right now, and I think that's that. That is a challenge for the trust, and I think they recognise that. I think they recognise that. I think it's a tr it's, it's a challenge at board level, and it's a, cha it's, a it's a it's a challenge at, at supporter level for them. So I think there is a bit of a, I th I'd I'd call it a crisis of identity for them. I think for a long long time, the way that the club operates, I think that they that you know quite quite often you would hear something along the lines of you know we, we don't have a crisis to kind of operate in they sort of almost needed a crisis to maybe step up and and kind of define themselves within the fan base but the way we've run we've run in a sort of like as, as Joyce alluded to earlier a sort of humble hard-working club and we've had a, you know pound for pound we've had quite a lot of success we've had four seasons in league one we've had a lot of big occasions cup games promotion runs and um, you know, overall, despite the sort of some of the criticisms around the, the, the sort of way that the club runs in, in more of a sort of maybe a non-league mindset that exists, you know, there's been a lot of success. So it's it's, it's quite difficult to they found it quite difficult to find a, a sort of moment in time where they can truly step up and and sort of, um, you know, to, to sort of to, to respond from in, in a sort of fan led way. Um, mm. And and I don't know, I think, you know, <laughs> I think it's true to say we haven't had a crisis, but clearly in the last 12 months, we've, we've faced our biggest crisis in our history as, as is virtually every other club, um, mm. you know, that, that exists. So, but, but there hasn't been a, there still hasn't been a real response from them. And, mm. you know, we, we've just come away from our biggest occasion in our history too, in the, in the cup against Man City, that would, could arguably been another opportunity to, to, to sort of work with the fans on, on, on something. And, and actually, it was it was this kind of other group actually that have kind of responded to that situation to to, to create something that sort of caught national headlines and and actually sort of resonated with our fans the way they went about it. Um, so there are challenges at that level. I think you know the, the current FED does have some big challenges to sort of face. Um, I, I'm not sure what that future. Yeah, I would I would sort of say that perhaps some of the work me and uh, Richard have been doing in the in the last few years, you know, that some of that, you know, arguably could have been led by the supporters. Um, well, let's let's just let's get into it. Right. So um, actually, this is sort of where sometimes maybe um, that role 
that sort of role of being a fan on the board and that kind of stuff. It's more the fact that that kind of um, impacts on how the culture operates. So you naturally, you know, I'm not suggesting that it's down to um, that role that everything operates in the way it does and that you communicate in the way you do, for example. Um, but sometimes those things kind of unknowingly affect everything, right? And affect the way that we get on with what we're doing. Um, because you have got a fairly open structure. Um, the fans are in there, they're integrated in a real way. And there might be a sort of degree of issue of an issue with the way they're expressing that sometimes or not expressing it. But actually, in, in many ways, I look at from what I'm speaking about here is I look at a club that in lots of ways, setting aside all the challenges of COVID and stuff, and I'd like to come on to that a little bit, is, is actually doing pretty well um, and has a good, generally has a good internal culture seems to be it seems to me that you know your ability to work hand in glove as a as an associate director and a, a, a communications manager manager murray and richard um you know that's a, a very positive thing richard t tell me something about um you know we always talk a lot about you know we're in danger sometimes of of um going on and on and on about strategic this and strategy that um and especially at a club with fewer resources, which a lot of clubs listening to this will identify with, because most clubs struggle with resources, um, especially below the championship, um, certainly below the bottom half of the championship. And I think when it comes to fan engagement, frankly, every club, a lot of clubs could do a lot better in allocating resources. Um, what, what sort of time, you know, do you get much time, A, for yourself to think about why you're doing some of this stuff and B, is having... Murray there, and I don't obviously expect you to say nice things about Murray, given that he's just yeah, a does. <laughs> No, but, you know, is, is having that, that support, is, is, does that free up your ability to do stuff? Because, you know, in the end, you've got to be communicating, you know, and it's all well and good you saying, well, I've, I've got to get on and do some strategic thinking, but hang on, you've got a match coming up. So how, how does it, how, how is it for you, Richard? It, it does work really well because especially with Murray's line of work out away from football, working in, in what he does with like crowdfunder and the campaigns he works on with that. He brings that into the football club as well as the traditional day-to-day -day stuff as well, which, which we need. Um, so for example, we'll get, we've been to Cambridge on Tuesday, we're going to Scunthorpe on Saturday and, and, and Murray uh, will be able to come along to those games and act like any normal sort of football media individual as part of a football club. But then there will also be a long-term aspect in terms of thinking about, right, we're launching a new third kit next season uh, dedicated to fans. Um, we've got to think about the new away kit next season. Uh, season tickets, we're already thinking about what we're going to do, especially given what's happened in the last 12 months with COVID. So it's that real useful balance between long-term thinking and short-term thinking. Quite often, I probably think short-term. I'm looking at the next game. I'm thinking, right, what are we doing with the match programme? What are we doing in terms of prep for that? What am I doing in terms of managing all the interviews and so on? Whereas that long-term thinking, which I suppose Murray brings, is, is really useful in terms of thinking about what we're going to be doing that we need to work on in six months' time. Because the last thing you want to do is get to April, May and think, right, what are we going to do about season tickets now? Um, but really, we should be having those conversations as we are already now. Um, so that balance is actually really useful to have because otherwise, particularly the limited resources we have, you know, I am the only media full-time person at the club. It kind of restricts in terms of what I can, I can do because... 
in as many people in football know, it's so short term with game, 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 game. You're working day to day, let alone thinking about month by month. Hi, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you about Match Day Digital, the world's first football first digital magazine platform bringing together premium paid content from clubs match day programs popular football magazines newspapers and high quality fan produced fanzines it's quite the list uh, match day digital brings football content and supporters together in a single app which allows clubs and other publishers to deliver their content to a much wider audience than they would through their own print or digital sites and apps all especially relevant obviously during this covid era you can download the app on Google Play and Apple Store. Go to matchdaydigital.co.uk for more. And if you're a club, drop the fellas over there a line. They're really friendly, and I'm sure they'd love a chat with you about your needs. It was it was in my head to make this point that I do far too regularly, but it's true. Is is it is it's it's um it, everything runs along at such a pace. Having someone who can then reflect back what what maybe what the board are thinking about stuff and where you know maybe there's some issues that need to be raised there through communications or you know likewise the other the other way around there might be some issues you're picking up that can be fed back that that sort of loop is very useful Hmm. is it is it something that amongst Richard people you work with or you you speak to at other clubs is this is this something that certainly at least at clubs at your level do you find quite a few will 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 have this sort of setup where you've got someone like Murray, especially someone with Murray's skill set, which for people who don't know, um, Murray, Murray, you co-founded Crowdfunder, didn't you, Murray? Is that right? Yeah, that's one of the founding members of of Crowdfunder. So, and you know, but the work with the core team there dates back to the late nineties. So yeah, it's all campaign led. Yeah. So, so, is it something you find, Richard, that, that quite a lot of other people in your position in the sorts of clubs that you'll find at League Two level, maybe in towards the top national league, that you'll find you'll have a director like Murray sort of rolling their sleeves up and, and, and helping out in that way? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the further you go down, the more the directors go from that sort of decision making in the boardroom sort of thing to actually having to be hands on. Um, to the point in the National League where you have directors who are actually doing things physically on a match day to actually help with match day operations um, and even probably in, in League Two at some levels. But I suppose the, the other thing you perhaps have more in League Two um, as you, and as you obviously, obviously go further up the leagues is you have chief executives, uh, chief operating officers, um, those types. We don't actually have that at Cheltenham. It's very much a, um, an individual team per department. So I'm media. We've got a ticket office manager. We've got a shop manager. And we don't really have that in between that with the directors. It's kind of those members of staff, the football setup, and then the directors. There's no in between. Um, whereas perhaps some other clubs, um, whether it's a Bradford or a Forest Green, they've all got chief executives. Um, we don't have that ourselves. And so that's where, again, having associate directors like Murray involved is, is really crucial for a, a club like us. And again, probably reflects the size of us as a club and our resources too. Okay. And um uh, when it comes to sort of Murray, when it comes to um, the, you know, trying to look ahead or, um, you know, if you're, if, you know, what, one of the things that a board obviously attempts to do is to try to um, ensure that what it gets back from, you know, the, the, the listening it does to the fan base gets reflected in what gets done um, up front, if you like. What, 
what do you do in terms of sort of engagement on a sort of a, on a say a listening level what a lot of people these days talk about as dialogue um that you know i like to talk about as listening because i think clubs need to be doing a lot of that do you notwithstanding the role that the supporters trust has you know which should fulfill that to some extent if they're feeding back what do you do as a club to to to, to take on board what's going on in the fan base and you know you've mentioned that 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 um, initiative with a younger set of fans, you know that that for me can be a really really good expression of of engagement because you're listening to what the need is and then you're encouraging and facilitating it. So can you just sort of tell us a little bit about how that works? Uh, you know how that sort of engagement goes on formally and informally. I know you have an annual general meeting where you where you're, you're very open about stuff there, but what about during the rest of the year? I think. You know, I think the majority of that's done on a, on a, on an informal basis. I know formally we are, you know, we we have got plans in the next few days and weeks to to do sort of a pretty broad survey of our supporters to try and gauge some kind of insight into what people's sort of appetite for for returning to football is, the sort of confidence they've got in us to deliver that, the way our comms work, you know, the, the way we sort of do retail and how our website sort of provides all the information that required. We, we sort of, you know, there's a bit of a reset that's going on. It's been caused by this sort of pandemic, but, but it's obviously, a, it's, it's a line in the sand moment for the club too, um, to, to, to sort of kick on really, to sort of professionalise a little bit more of what we do. Um, so so in, a, on a, in a formal way, you know, we, 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 we go out with surveys. We did last year, or, or, or well, maybe sort of 18 months ago. And, and that kind of led to the formation, funnily enough, of, well, to, to, the, to helping to play in our part in the formation of this sort of new supporters group, um, you know, that we, we sort of gave them an area of the ground and, and they very quickly become a very sort of popular and important part of what we did uh, last season. Um, you know, certainly the sort of club, the management, the players, the fans and at board level all, all sort of like really appreciated what they brought. So, so that sort of came out of some of the, those formal processes of asking questions um, yeah, through survey tools like um, uh, like, like Google Forms, MailChimp, stuff like that. But a lot of what we do is is pretty informal. And so, you know, that we we don't have a huge fan base, but it's still pretty sizable. We, but, but I think we all kind of go around and we all we, we talk to people. It's, it's talking to people all the time. You know, that might not be a sort of, uh, you know, like a massive conversation or anything like that. But it might just be an exchange of WhatsApp messages. It might be done at the ground. It's, 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 it's harder these days because, you know, mm-hmm. there is only us in the ground. So it's, it's very difficult to have that kind of exchange in, in the bar after a game in the car park mm-hmm. on the walk up. Mm-hmm. We still find ways. We still got a very good sort of an ear to the ground i think and you know and i sort of you know some of the comments made earlier about sort of the trust and and, and this kind of new group and, and and there are others as well you know is, is that, that we rely on them to sort of tell us what what they you know what they think what they what they want what they what they think we're not doing right you know there's there's plenty more we can be doing so we want to you know we want to hear that it's it's, it's we're not really too interested in all the sort of the, the kind of the nice comments we get because that's sort of great it's great to hear that we're doing some some things you know right but you know what's important to us is is you know how can we make this better because you know we, we we're in a fight you know we're in a we're in a constant fight for survival you know and, and we need to you know we need to listen to what people want and, and and that's you know that's first and foremost anything we ever do that's at the front of that sort of um that, that kind of production yeah. process if you like tell me just out of interest um do you find yourself 
you, Murray, ever speaking to other directors of clubs or other officials and sort of finding out how and why they do things the way they do? Or is that one of those things that would be a nice to have, but it just doesn't really, you know, doesn't happen as much as maybe it should or could? Or I think um, I, I would say that I don't personally, I don't speak to too many other directors at clubs, but I know that, uh, you know, I've got a really sort of close relationship with 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 one or two of our board members who, who probably do speak to them on a, on, on a more often a more regular basis sorry um and, and and so i can sort of glean some insight from that and I also from you know from the other side of the fence in my actual sort of career um we, we've been working with like dozens and dozens of football clubs and, and it gives me the opportunity to speak to people um at those organizations too and and so I, th I think there is there is a sort of like a you know really sort of broad insight from from a variety of clubs, would be it grassroots, non-league league, and some of the bigger clubs at the championship. I think I'd, I'd definitely sort of have a have a sort of good uh, you know there, there's a, there's a picture there to kind of um, you know drill into and get get, get some insights. Yeah, you, you have something obviously that's tremendously beneficial because because of where what you do as a day job that just brings in insight that a lot of other people wouldn't have wouldn't they um so covid um it's been quite nice to avoid uh having to talk about it too soon because it was got it's nice to kind of get to know what goes on at Cheltenham and how you do things in terms of engagement um how's it been because obviously you've got the resource issue um has have you know you said and you you know you said yourself that it's been a challenge communicating over this time in the way you normally would. Um, Richard, is it as a lot of your energy, a lot of your energies have presumably been, been, you know, trying to pr promote and um, produce content uh, to try to keep people engaged in the actual match side of things. Is that right? Yeah, de definitely. I think initially when obviously lockdown COVID happened because Chatham Town Again, it's because it's so close, because it's got such a great history and stuff that the people really enjoy the history of the club that even now, 20 years on or 22 years on, that the fans will still talk about that promotion to the Football League, the night, the, the characters behind it. And so initially we, we, we did this, um, this series called the Boot Zoom, where using uh, Zoom as a tool, um, we got former players on in, in groups and we did these, these big chats, hour-long chats, um, just basically looking back on the memories of of representing Chatham Town, people going all the way back from the 80s all the way up to sort of the 2010s and the key squads and the key moments. And, um, you know, again, COVID was another massive reset in terms of how you had to speak to fans. Suddenly, I think clubs always would have been thinking, right, right, we need to go more digital, we need to go more digital. And then suddenly they had to go digital um, because there was no other way of getting into fans. You're not seeing them um, at match stage. You can't speak to them over a PA um, announcement. You can't give them a match programme to buy at the stadium because they're not going to potentially be anywhere near the stadium for 14 months, maybe. Um, so that probably, we were already quite a good digital club, but it probably made us even more digital in how we communicate with fans. You know, we did uh, live Zooms with board directors and the manager for fans to, to, to actually join in, to come in and be part of the conversation. Um, and it, it, in many ways, it's, it's been fantastic because it's probably set the platform for how it's going to be in the future. You know, it doesn't always have to be now face to face. It can be digital so that somebody who is actually a supporter living on the other side of the country, perhaps couldn't come to an event, can now be as involved as they would have been before. Um, so it's been brilliant like that in many ways. So it's it's um, Murray very much accelerated existing trends, I think, is what a lot of people have said in all sorts of industries. It's not 
like the working from home um, mm -hmm. trend is 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 it was something that some organisations and companies were toying with. Some didn't trust the idea of it. Now they've been forced to do it. Actually, they see the benefits. So, in 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 terms of, and I suspect in terms of the digitisation and um, and uh, moving communication and listening and conversations online. Um, you've been able to see Murray as someone who works in an area very closely related, you know, in a kind of communi communications uh, and campaigning type of role. Um, that's very much what's been going on then is it's just, it's, it's, it's taken trends that people were tentative about in some cases were very much a trend amongst a smaller group of people and gone, actually, this is the normal. So. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I think what we've been doing, what we're doing for, for sort of several years before the pandemic was to, 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 to try and, you know, introduce a sort of change in mindset a little bit around digital platforms about how we can use them to sort of like to take the club forward. Um, and I think it's fair to say, you know, that, that there's a, a lot of reluctance around the club to sort of maybe adopt some of those uh some of those ways of working but maybe maybe there's a an element that, that that some of the um sort of stakeholders around the club maybe just don't didn't understand perhaps what the what the benefit of, of adopting some of those uh methods were and but i think what we've done leading up to the pandemic was was begin to sort of prove some of our you know some of our ideas you know sort of demonstrate some success in those areas and then, as Richard says, you know, we're, we're hit by the pandemic and we're kind of forced into, you know, just just wholesale sort of um, acceptance that this is this is the new way of working. And, and that's sort of that's really good. And I think 12 months on what I think is exciting at this moment in time is that we, we, we've sort of seen a, a kind of almost like a green light to sort of move ahead now with with, with a lot of the ways that we, we want to do, you know, to take this club forward. So, you know, it's taken sort of years and years of graft and I mean, a lot of hard graft and a lot of pain, and a lot of sort of difficult conversations and a lot of, you know, sticking your neck out to, to sort of show, you know, the, the, the kind of benefits to, to a lot of some of our ideas. But we have to sort of mould some of that work within the kind of environment. You know, we're not looking to sort of revolutionise the club. We're just looking to evolve it within, you know, within some of the kind of the framework that exists there, like some, you know, the, 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 the people, the, the organisation, you know, and the supporters. So it's, it's not a case of just bringing a big, shiny digital platform in saying this is what we've got to do. We, we need to sort of adapt that and mould it really around the sort of culture of the club. You know, and, and I think we're having a sort of, you know, we, we're getting there now and we've sort of been having conversations, um, you know, in the last sort of few weeks about what we do. We almost sort of like, you know, it's a working title of a project reset, but in, in, in almost all the key areas. And again, you know, I'm sort of surveying in the next few weeks will help shape some of these ideas. But, we, we you know, in, in all the key areas, we, we, we're looking to sort of really push on now and sort of build this club for, for another 20 years in the league, which, you know, hopefully... Hopefully that'll be the case, you know, but, you know, what, what, what we've seen really with, it's, it's interesting, this idea that we've been a league club for sort of almost quarter of a century now, but, but it doesn't feel like really been taken seriously as a league club until this sort of Man City stuff at the start of this year. And now all of a sudden we, we, we seem to sort of, I don't know, we, we, that event seems to have sort of put us in a kind of like proper league club sort of space now. And, you know, we need to build on that. We need to sort of build on the excitement in our community, our town and, and beyond. You know, we've opened up international 
audiences for what we do um you know been sort of pleasantly surprised by the amount of interest around the world and and also on a national level so we, we need to sort of start coming up with ideas um you know more regular ideas to kind of engage those people because up to this point it's always about pulling a rabbit out of the hat and, and making yeah. something work and then as soon as it's over what's the next rabbit in the hat well we need to we need to sort of start planning and that's my responsibility my responsibility to richard and, and, and his colleagues is to, is to try and sort of bring some process and planning and some thinking to those was, was they're sort of scrapping away at the coalface because this mm. season, you know, it, it was bad enough before this season, but this season we've, we've sort of got games every four days. So, mm. you know, Richard's sick of the sight of me. It's every sort of like hour I'm on the phone to him, but um, you know, the, the, there's progress. And I think we're, you know, we, I think the, the, the future's quite bright actually. Yeah. Okay. Just a couple, a couple, well, one, couple of things actually one um is um is there well yeah i mean it's because a question to both of you really i suppose is is there one particular sort of tool that you, you've found yourself using a lot more than before during covid you know digital tools um i think really is what i mean is there one particular site app whatever that you've been using a lot of richard I think one we've definitely used a lot more is our email communication. Um, we, we were doing it before, but now it's 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 a very regular thing. So before every game at about 10 past two on a Saturday, for example, all season ticket holders will receive an email from us with a free copy of our digital match programme with team news. Um, so we're sort of engaging with our season ticket holders, who are of course so crucial in that way. Um, we're engaging with them during the week by giving them details about how they can watch the game with our live stream online with iFollow. Um, so email is definitely something we've done a lot more. Um, we, we, we did do it in the past, but now it's like a, a common thing for our, at least our season ticket holders to receive an email from us two to three times a week. Um, just, just so that they know in, this, in a time like this, which is absolutely awful when they can't come to the stadium to watch the games, that we are there and we're well aware of them every single, every single minute, basically. Murray, just looking, just sort of projecting forward, is there... Sort of, you're talking about um, um, kind of readying your club a little bit more and drawing this line in the sand and trying to see this as a moment of, of progression. Is there one particular tool or something that you've either started using, looking at something that you know that you that's particularly exciting for you, or is it kind of back to the future with email? Well, it is back to the future, it's a brilliant phrase. I think that, that, that's right. And the thing that sort of excites me the most on the football side of things is, is the fact that we, we, we're sort of like meeting virtually. Um, you know, previously we'd be sort of, and I'm sure we'll go back to this to an extent, but, but you know, trying to get, uh, you know, the various sort of people to get around the table for a meeting used to be a bit of a chew. We'd, we'd get everyone down the ground and, and, and meetings would last about three hours. And it's, it's quite time consuming. So just being able to to sort of speak, you know, across Zoom or a Google Hangout, um, and and sort of maybe do that more often, but but you know, for, for half an hour, not four hours, that, that that makes that really sort of streamlines our working and our thinking, and you know, we can work more effectively and efficiently that way. And and you know, that's that doesn't, you know, that's really not groundbreaking at all. But 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 for the club, it is, you know, and it, so so communications got better internally as well as to to season ticket holders and to see uh, and to support is more widely on social media um but but internally you know that makes that's a bit of a culture shift for us and you know that that you know i think that's reflected in some of the bits and pieces that have been coming out in the last 12 months 
Don't forget, as a listener to the Fan Engagement Pod, we would love you to just take a couple of minutes of your day to fill in the quick survey. Please head to tinyurl.com forward slash fan engagement pod. That's tinyurl.com forward slash fan engagement pod.